eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is, as we speak, Monday evening, the first day of NFL free agency. We expected a flurry of activity, and that's exactly what we got right here in town, Dan. Before we get to the specifics overall, how would you describe Ryan Poles' aggressiveness in the first few hours of free agency? Well, look, some of that aggressiveness didn't merit, uh, you know, results in some cases you know Mike McGlinchey they get outbid by the Denver Broncos for the right tackle and and I understand what like you and I talked about a week ago that patience and discipline and value were going to be a big part of this equation so in some cases the aggressiveness was where it needed to be where I have questions right now is with everything we've talked about for months in terms of the Bears needing help in the trenches, they still haven't gotten much help in the trenches. Now, again, we are going to hammer this point home on this podcast and for the next couple of weeks. This is all fluid. There's a lot more to come in free agency. There's a lot more to come in the draft, and we can't cast our full judgment until we get to May 3rd and we have a, a more complete roster. But right now, on Monday, March 13th, two of the three signings that the Bears have made have been linebackers, middle-tier defensive guys, right? And, you, and you've got... Uh, to figure out how to justify that to some extent with what your next moves are and how you sort of allot the remaining resources you have. Because, look, the Bears had a lot of resources, David, but they get dried up pretty quickly when you make a couple big ticket expenditures like they did on a guard in Nate Davis and obviously Tremaine Edmonds being the headliner signing to this point, uh, coming over on a four-year $72 million deal. So I agree with you. There was a bit of a surprise, but I also feel like you have to keep reinforcing, number one, everything is fluid. And secondly, you don't necessarily, what was the analogy we used last week? You like the trailer. Let's wait and see the movie. Right. I don't know that we can e- evaluate the movie in the Oscars theme, you know, <laughs> after, you know, an hour and a half or, or 45 minutes, if it's a, if it's an hour and, and 45 minute movie. And we're kind of in the early stages and the plot looks good. Everything is very appealing right now. A bit of twists along the way because let's face it, let's get right into it. I did not think they were going to begin uh, to strike agreements or to come to terms with guys who weren't offensive or defensive linemen. I thought that that would be the priority. Now, you mentioned Nate Davis. He blocked for Derrick Henry. He's a right guard in Tennessee. Three years, $30 million. Why are you laughing? 19 and a half guaranteed. That was uh, one of the guys I didn't know that was on the Bears radar. It just shows you that some of these guys that are valued are kind of under the radar. The reason I'm laughing, and I'll explain it to you, is that y- you get this instant reaction. And I had a hit on 670 The Score earlier on Monday, and Dan Bernstein sort of described this 
initial period as hooray for everything, right? And, and I think that's a good way to put it because there's a lot of people that just they cheer for everything. It was funny in the instant reaction to the Nate Davis signing, how many people were experts on the Tennessee Titans right guard. It always right. tickles me in free agency where it's, oh, this guy's perfect and that guy wasn't, you know, and it's like, okay, like really, okay, we, we know a lot about Nate Davis. We're going to learn a lot more about Nate Davis and the Bears vision for him in the days ahead. But that was a, 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 a situation here, David, where you're talking about you've got Cody White here under contract. You've got Tevin Jenkins under contract. Okay. Now, what are your plans there? Is this uh, a situation where Cody Whitehair could be a, a uh, cap casualty soon or a guy that just gets sent by the wayside just because you're clearing space for someone else? Do you have different plans, different visions? We've got to hear all this from Ryan Poles and his coaching staff in the days to come to figure out how all the big pieces of this puzzle, big picture wise, fit together. We knew that the Bears needed to get Justin help on the offensive line and in the receiving core. So the two biggest additions right now are DJ Moore in the trade on Friday and Nate Davis in the signing on Monday. And then the other two big signings, again, are guys that don't rush the passer, that don't necessarily give you a ton of teeth as run stoppers. You know, they're going to be good in that area, reliable tacklers. But you have to find ways to find difference makers in the most important spots. And I'm just scratching my head a little bit in the early stages at, at where those guys are going to come from now that you've made a couple of those. Now, look, there's look, if if they had Draymond Jones, the minute we stop recording this, this podcast, we say, okay, things look a lot better tomorrow or Thursday or whenever maybe. I mean, yeah. So let's slow down and let's go through these one at a time because I think the three guys right now that we know are on their way to Chicago are worth exploring how they might fit for sure. The rest of the guys, the hypotheticals are all fun and important to consider. I also want to know if we can maybe discuss as we go through each guy individually, how they arrived at this point, because there might have been other guys available. So we'll get to Edmonds. We'll get to Edwards. Let's start with Nate Davis. As you mentioned, we are all <laughs> in Chicago on the pride of Charlotte because we saw him play in college football every Saturday afternoon. And national- wait, maybe not. So <laughs> a guy who is, a you know, who thought that Nate Davis would be somebody that the Titans would value as much as they have, but he made himself into a player. He's a right guard, Dan. Uh, the money isn't necessarily outrageous when you talk about starting offensive linemen, three uh, years, $30 million, 19 and a half guaranteed. It did make me wonder this. So context, we had heard and thought, and even there was a tweet from ESPN earlier today, uh, Mike McGlinchey was close with the Bears. Right, yep. Mike McGlinchey, you wondered right guard, Tevin Jenkins, that's a mountain of the right side of the line. How do you think they arrived uh, to Nate Davis, do you think they pivoted to Davis after not getting McGlinchey, who signed with the Broncos? Well, you're in free agency, you're always having contingency plans, and you have to remain fluid to what the market's doing. Uh, the Bears were definitely in on Mike McGlinchey, and they were willing to pay a high price. Ryan Poles has told us for a while that he has value buckets, and he wants to stay true to those, and he's going to be flexible to an extent. Uh, clearly, they weren't willing to be more flexible in this regard. I think it was, what was it, five years, $85 million for McGlinchey that the Broncos agreed to pay him, which is a pretty exorbitant price for a right tackle, particularly for a, if you're the Bears and you're not, as we talked about uh, recently, you're not in splurge and surge mode. You're not trying to make some some giant leap in 2023. And so you want to stay disciplined and patient and true to that value bucket. And so then you just scratch that name off the list and you say, OK, now where are we going in our offensive tackle hunt? And so I don't know 
how active they were at this point on Orlando Brown. I don't know if they made a uh, tangible offer to Juwan Taylor that was in the range of what he ended up getting, which was a pretty big payday himself. And then Caleb McGarry, the the next guy kind of on that offensive tackle list, there was kind of a list of four that if you were going to sign an offensive tackle, those were the the top shelf guys. We don't know where Caleb McGarry is going to land. So I don't know how all these things connect. Um, I won't pretend to. It's going to be really interesting to get that view from Ryan Poles in the days ahead to figure out how he pivoted. And like, you know, David, as well as anyone, that free agency is this weird period because it, nothing is in order. You know, it's all frenzied. It's all haphazard. There's things happening at multiple positions, at multiple tiers of every position at all times. And it's just a, a, a tornado that these general managers have to sit and, and find a way to be comfortable in. And you just have to figure out your way through your various plans, which you've spent months preparing for and months doing sort of mock free agency trials to figure out how you're going to pivot. And here's where they are right now on March 13th at, you know, as we record this at 5, 11 PM. So as we sit here on Monday evening, I wonder a couple things about the offensive line decisions or the, the marketplace. Number one, how close did they come with McGlinchey who was guaranteed $50 million from the Broncos? And did they use the bears as leverage? Secondly, Jawan Taylor ends up going to the Chiefs to play left tackle. He's yeah. replacing Orlando Brown Jr. essentially because they must be going younger or maybe who knows why. And he got four uh, four years, 80 million. Am I right on that? Is that yeah, is that the ballpark? That's a ballpark, I think, if, if I had to double check. I think that, you know, it was something that uh, surprised me a little bit in, uh, from, from their move. But they know what they're doing because, hey, they're the Super Bowl champs. I do wonder this. Where is Orlando Brown Jr. now headed? I haven't seen much reporting on on that and i haven't talked to many people who are that aware of it and is there a second tier of offensive tackle because dan let's face it you look at your offensive line and i don't think it was screaming at you you need a right guard you need a right guard i think that when you talk about what it was screaming at you that you need an anchor tackle you need somebody out there left side right side whatever the case may be and i do wonder this do you feel like now that they're drafting ninth are they going to use that position in the draft to identify a tackle and that makes less of a target or urgent target in free agency? Well, that's why I say that we have to wait till May 3rd before we cast any final verdicts on what the Bears offseason was or wasn't. Uh, Studs chimes in for us here and tells us that Taylor is getting $80 million over four years, as we said, and $60 million of that guaranteed, which is a pretty big price to pay. Now, Ryan has been pretty adamant throughout the process of saying, look, we have to make sure that we keep one eye on the draft while we're working through free agency to know that if we want to cut ourselves off at a price point on a certain guy that we know where our fallback plans are in April, you've got the number nine pick. You've got guys like Paris Johnson and, and, Peter Skronsky, who will likely be available to you in that range. If you feel good about those guys as a fallback plan, then maybe it, it, it helps you have a little bit more relaxation and comfort pushing away from the table on some negotiations that get out beyond your value point. But David, I put out a tweet on Monday afternoon and it was received poorly by some people in the fan base, but that, that's a conversation for a different day. But these are the th- three tackles that you have under contract for 2023 right now. Braxton Jones, Larry Borum, Kellen Deesh. <laughs> I'm not feeling real comfortable about that. And I would feel some urgency to make sure that, that there are a couple bodies added to that list before we get to the end of this uh, offseason roster building cycle. And they may, you know, they, they've got different paths to try to get there, but goodness gracious between your offensive tackles, your pass rushers and your interior defensive linemen. When you look at their depth chart, it makes your jaw drop at how far away they are from being legitimate contenders and competitive uh, in those regards. And you better find a way in all your plans to get something that is an upgrade.
trade and pushes in Ryan Poles' uh, words to move the needle, you know, from E to F, we got a long way to go. Hopefully somewhere along the line, there's some signings that move that needle. And I think it helps to understand that they have very specific ideas of what players fit at certain positions based on the coaches they have in place, the schemes they brought to Chicago and where they are in their growth to sustain success. So, for instance, Nate Davis has experienced as he is blocking for Derrick Henry. He's only 26. So that's a guy still ascending in their eyes. 